So we have our first emergency pod and wow, what a doozy it will be. We're going to do this from time to time whenever there is major breaking news involving, especially involving Inter-Miami, but perhaps with other things. This one, very big. And Alex, I don't really want to waste any time. I want to throw it straight to you for the nuts and bolts of this story out of The Athletic that uh, major parts of or major players in inter miami's ownership group are not only not involved in the club right now but looking to sell their shares Uh, just for for just to start us off what are we looking at because it it, it looks as though marcelo clare and and uh son are not going to be involved in the club or don't plan on being involved in the club moving forward so, yeah, Ian, so Sam Steiskel and Paul Tenorio broke the story about an hour ago where they mentioned Marcel Claude and Masahoshi Son will be looking to sell their stakes in Inter-Miami. Um, basically, it says that the relationship between him and Moss has deteriorated over the, next, the last couple of months and that Claude hasn't been involved with the club at all, uh, you know, for the last couple of months either, so... And they also mentioned that Claude's relationship has been, you know, tense. You know, Son probably wants to sell his shares for similar reasons as Claude. Not necessarily that there was a relationship issue, but they're both absentee owners at this point. So, yeah, this is a pretty big thing. Um, Moss wanting more control of the club isn't necessarily a surprise, but for the athletic to drop this story uh, this afternoon is pretty huge. So let's break this down in parts because I think it needs to. The first would be Claude, and that that's probably the the principal actor in all of this, uh, who was involved in trying to bring MLS to Miami prior to Beckham and Inter Miami's existence in a failed bid. Uh, has always wanted to be a part of this. Uh, do you have any explanation for why at this moment, I, I, I'm struggling to think this soon after being involved, I don't want to speculate if it's pandemic related or or whatever it might be, but it seems odd that someone has been a part of the Miami soccer scene, uh, obviously owns clubs in, in, in Bolivar and, and, and uh, you know, elsewhere that that someone like this that has wanted MLS in Miami for so long is out so soon. Yeah, I think it's mainly Claude looking to move on. You know, reading this article, he's been there at the beginning, but, you know, we were there. We all were there when Inter Miami were struggling to find investors. Marcelo Claude was a part of that group, and it really wasn't until Jorge Mas came in that things got moving so, so quickly. So I think it's just... A matter of Claude and Moss wedding heads, Moss wanting total control over the club. You see he's very um, hands-on. You know, he's everywhere uh, at uh, Drive Pink Stadium. Uh, he wants this club to succeed. And Marcelo Claude also has other business ventures. You know, with SoftBank, he has shares in other clubs. So it could have been a conflict of interest. But I do think it's Moss wanting to turn this club's fate around and buying a bigger share so uh, a local business owner like Jorge Mas could can um, control, have more control over the club. Let, let's talk about SoftBank for a minute because I think that that's definitely going to come up a lot in this. Uh, they are a, 
uh, a venture capitalist organization. They have a lot of tentacles, if you will, in a lot of different sectors. Uh, they they are very aggressive in their business. Uh, that's that's you know they have done very they've been very successful in business. Is a lot of I guess my question to you is there has been a lot of chaos in these past 20, 21 months with this club since it signed its first players is part of this, that there was a situation where it was a business that didn't know how to run a soccer club or a soccer club that didn't know that it was a business, or is it a little bit of both? Cause as I look at this, I see some people who uh, really seem to ha- have had good intentions and wanted uh, reportedly, you know, throughout this process for the club to succeed and had very ambitious ideas for what they were going to do or what they wanted to do. And yet the business side of it seemed extremely chaotic, extremely volatile they didn't follow the rules, which is why they followed, the, which is why they've had penalties, and and a situation where uh, it it just became untenable. Am I reading the room correctly? Yeah, I think you're spot on with that. Um, at the beginning, Air Miami had all these goals of becoming one of the biggest clubs. I mean, they still could do that. It'll, it'll be a while, but they had all these goals of being one of the biggest clubs in the Western Hemisphere. Moss wanted to, to turn the club the club's uh, eventual uh, final stadium spot into this tech hub where there's hotels and free green space. But I think they went about it the wrong way. I think on the soccering side, it was hurt because of that because Moss basically put the cart before the horse and didn't do his due diligence. You know, it showed in the hiring of Paul McDonough, basically wanted to be his second in Atlanta United when he should have went off there. Chris Henderson. Yeah. At one point, Paul McDonough was a chief business officer as well last season. You you remember that? It was like he had his hands in I so do. many, pots, <laughs> so many pots. So on the business side, Inter Miami seems to be just fumbling that as well. And you see it with, you know, I don't know if I should bring this up. You know, I've seen people complain about, you know, season ticket packages, you know, parking. I know some of that you know, could be, you know, just due to, you know, the pandemic and them trying to get some revenue. But, you know, it, it like this, this move came out of, I don't want to say it came out of nowhere, but it's, it's not shocking, but for it to happen when Miami is going through a five game losing streak, it, it makes it seem that Moss is determined to make this club succeed at any way possible. And the only, the only way he could do that is buying all the rest of the shares bar Beckham and some, some other investors that I'll look up later that I forgot off the cuff here. But yeah, that seems to be his plan on making this club, you know, do better. Alex, do you, do you think that's it? Do you think that this is a power grab? I, I'm I'm skeptical, and and obviously all of these things are very uh very fluid, and you know you don't want to cast aspersions or anything like that. So so my question is, do you think that this is Jorge Mas wanting to have control, like a majority control of the club? He obviously has been uh, that pushing figure while David Beckham has been, I guess, more so of a face of the club. 
But, you know, I, I look at, at Masahiro's son and, and think that, like, he he had a lot of the financial backing. Claude had a lot of the financial backing. Uh, can this club survive on its own without all of that? Well, I mean, they're going to have to. They're going to have to with the sanctions right. coming I up. Guess, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. yeah. They can't I, really... Do you think that Jorge Mas can do this on his own? Do you think that this can be like a, 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 a pirate ship that he does in his own way? Uh, yes and like no. a local I, club, you know what I mean? I think for a time, for the time being, when the sanctions kicking next year, they're going to have to not spend as much. So this could be a blessing in disguise. You know, don't go after, you know, 12 million Rodolfo Pizarro and give Egoin those wages. But I will say that I want to shout out IMCF Traveler on, on Twitter. They had a tweet back in the early June uh, talking about if Messi does come to Inter Miami MLS, that Barca could be could buy out a stake in inter miami now i'm not a conspiracy theorist but you know with messi's contract being negotiated currently with barca and barca going through their issues this could just be a way of barca buying shares could be a way for them to get some money issues out i don't know the exact details of that but it wouldn't shock me if when Messi comes over about in 2023 that Barca or maybe even beforehand Barca announces that they have bought a stake in Inter Miami because you know with Marcelo Clare back in 2009 Barca tried to get a team here in in Miami so something like that wouldn't wouldn't surprise me and, and and let's be honest, Barcelona has always been linked to Inter Miami. They have made yeah. no secrets about them wanting to be involved in the market. So, like you said, it wouldn't surprise you if they were. It wouldn't surprise me if they were. I, I think that there is definitely interest there. I'm just wondering, for me, I'm thinking about like a long-term business model, if that makes a lot of sense. Because Messi is, the like I said on the pod, on the weekly pod, the other day that Messi's the greatest soccer player I've ever seen, but he's not going to last forever. Pele didn't last forever. And so there's going to be other players that come around. You can't make your entire business model around an aging Messi and Barcelona. That doesn't seem to make much sense for long-term success to me. Yeah. And that's where the concern comes in. Is this, is Claude and Son selling their shares, is this indicative of a bigger issue with Inter Miami? Yes, we can talk about Moss wanting more power, and I think that's him wanting to control the club more. But what does this, like, in t- 10 years down the road, what does this mean? Will Inter Miami not spend as much? Will Inter Miami use their academy to fill out, you know, roster spots that are taken by guys like Victor Ejoa or Jay Chapman? You know, what, what does this mean for the club going forward? What does this mean for the players that they can acquire going forward? What does this mean for the power structure uh, top to bottom for the club going forward. So that brings me up to to basically the last topic that I want to touch on with you, Alex, because there is an interesting uh, couple of paragraphs in this athletic article, which you should go check out, everybody. Uh, it, it's absolutely fascinating, great reporting uh, from the athletic about what they have uh, uncovered about this situation with Miami's ownership, into Miami's ownership. It, it, it reads. The 2020 roster had Blais Matuidi, Andres Reyes, Leandro Gonzalez Pires, Nico Figal, and Julian Carranza. Matuidi and Reyes 
should have counted as designated players. And had they classified correctly, Miami would have had five designated players last season, two more than the league limit. As punishment, it reads, for the violations, Miami or MLS fined Inter-Miami $2 million, fined Jorge Mas $250,000, docked the team a total of $2.2 million in allocation money through the 2023 season and suspended former COO and sporting director Paul McDonough through the 2022 campaign. Moss was the only owner punished for the violations. Claude, Beckham, Son, and Jose Moss's brother were cleared of any wrongdoing by the league. So there's a couple of things to unpack there. First being, how much is the club going to spend moving forward? Because a lot of that can be called into question, knowing that they're going, one, to have these financial uh, deductions from what they're able to do. But two, being that Jorge Mas was the only one who was punished that is still with the club. Paul McDonough has moved on when, you know, so is no longer relevant to this discussion. But Jorge Mas seems to be the, the last remaining partner and seems to be the one that is going to be the principal owner of the club moving forward. So him being called into question or him being held responsible for this issue, how much is that going to affect the club in your view moving forward with this whole situation that they've had, not only with the five designated players, but now also with an ownership change? I think that it'll definitely affect the club. You know, Jorge Moss did mention that they want to bring in the stars, but, you know, with this ownership change, we've seen other MLS owners. I will not name them, but The Athletic did a pretty good article when, when Miami sanctions dropped that there are several owners in the league who don't really spend, uh, you know, their DP spots. So this will, I don't, I don't want to say Inter-Miami will be, you know, broke, but like, Spending money on Matuidi or Iguain or Pizarro—that won't happen any anymore. And Alex, how, how, like, who's responsible for that? Who's responsible for that? Because there was so much promise. I do think it's it's Moss. Like, I, I was thinking the other day when Iguain signed and when Iguain signed, yes, uh, you know, I'm just like, no one in their right mind would give Matuidi that amount of money. Yes, he's a World Cup winner, but. He, he's passed it and his legs are have gone. And I know Jorge Mas is the managing owner. And he thinks that, oh, um, Matuini is a World Cup champion. Therefore, we should be giving him salary. Therefore, therefore he'll be a good player on the squad. But someone with a soccer sensibility, a soccer IQ, wouldn't have done that. And I'm inclined to think that maybe he may have swayed McDonough into buying guys like Iguain and Matuidi because of their name and their pull. And Inter Miami needed something interesting last season, but that didn't necessarily help the club as a whole. So, I, I do place, excuse me, place some blame on Jorge Moss in that regard. But there is an upside, I feel. I think with Chris Henderson there, he is known to find really good players on bargains that can outplay their contract, so to speak. So will Inter-Miami, with the sanctions coming and them maybe not spending as much with Jorge Moss having a larger majority, I do think with Chris Henderson, um, it won't be as bad because he's he's got a knack for that. Look at Gregory, you know, how much did he... Was his transfer fee like four million? You know, well, a year ago Seattle was interested in him, and he was going to be a DP. So 
that maybe it could be due to COVID, you know, decreasing the cost, but, you know, guys like that, you know, maybe even Sean Cross. I think, I think that's seeing the trees instead of looking at the forest. I I think (laughs) this team really needs to focus on the Academy. They've done a very good job of of improving that. And especially with the plethora of talent that's in South Florida, that really the focus for the, for the foreseeable future to be honest, uh, needs to be focusing on that U15 squad and and w- what's coming through the pipeline on that. Because uh, honestly, after all of this, you're you're telling me that there there might be an owner that that doesn't have the capital of of that in that venture capitalist investors that he's previously had. You have. Let's be honest. Even if Barcelona gets involved, Barcelona has their own financial situation right now. Let's yeah, yeah. talk about that. I mean, even if we're speculating about that, you you have a, an owner in David Beckham who got in on the on the quote unquote cheap. Let me five million dollars is a lot of money. I wish I had five million dollars to just buy a soccer <laughs> team. Uh, so, but so you have all those financial deals. Now you're dealing with penalties from all of the the situation that has happened with Matuidi, with Reyes, with Carranza, with everybody. Uh, this is a team that is in financial not peril, but in difficulty at the moment. And so the academy will never be more important than ever. I I do see more academy kids, not kids. They're like eighteen and nineteen. Well, kids to me, but I, I will see. I think we'll see more oh, you're guys like, like that. A couple years older than <laughs> don't joke about. <laughs> but yeah, I think we'll we'll see more Asconas and Felipe Valencias and Ian Fries coming through. I know Fort Lauderdale CF has a lot of talented players that could Inter Miami could use them, you know, straight away. I I think we'll see more loan deals like it with Indiana Vasilev coming through. I think that they've got to sell at least Matuidi, Egoin, or Pizarro to to. To, to help stop the bleeding. I, I think the using the Academy more is huge and that's something that they wanted to do anyway. So it's going to be a tough road for inter Miami. And that's something that's been very self-inflicted. It's unfortunate because uh, yeah, they mean well, but they're not going about it the right way. Let's see what comes about with Moss getting more of these shares, but it's definitely like it's a, it, it it's a reality check. I don't know how yeah, many. I mean, the, of the, these. Like the ball. The ball. The, it, this is all on Jorge Mas now, right? I mean, this is entirely his club. Uh, David Beckham can be the face. That's fine, and and we all welcome that. They they have have brought soccer to South Florida, which is a fantastic thing and can't be underscored enough. It is absolutely wonderful what they've brought to South Florida. The fact that this club even exists is remarkable. But this is Jorge Mas's team now, right? I mean, I, I think that we can agree that the success and failure will be judged based off of him. Maybe to the rest of the world, David Beckham being the celebrity that he is gets that credit. But Jorge Moss is now the owner of that club. Would you agree with that? For sure, for sure. I think whether or not this club will go on to win MLS Cup anytime soon or flounder in mediocrity like some other MLS teams for years and not recover until five years into their existence is dependent on Jorge Moss and what he does from here. You know, uh, it, it's going to be difficult because – You've spoken on this before, Ian. There's so many bad contracts that this club 
is is under right now. And you know, we see what happened with Reyes and Carranza and Figal last season. Uh, yeah, but that's why you love Chris Henderson because he was able to move past all those terrible guys. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I don't see you know guys like Carranza or or Figal maybe staying you know for the next two or three years because Inter Miami just need the money. You know, especially if they continue to underperform, I, I can see them just moving past those guys, maybe getting some Fort Auto CF players in, maybe getting some cheaper MLS guys in into those spots. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's totally self-inflicted, and the ball is in firmly in Jorge Mas's court now, and he needs to hit that game-winning shot. And, Alex, uh, we will touch on this next week on the main pod, uh, especially also with Austin as well. But I, I think that there is a discussion to be had about how Jorge Mas handles – the stadium situation now because that is his pride and joy and this is now entirely with his responsibility and the 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 ability to get the stadium miami freedom park done and constructed uh looks perhaps uh a a little more difficult uh, I'm, I'm curious as to your and Austin's views on that. We'll talk about that next week on the pod. But again, uh, just wanted to give you guys a quick emergency one uh, for it. Big news today for Inter-Miami, always when an ownership change happens. Uh, so we wanted here at the Heron Outlet to give you the news as quickly as possible. She is Alex Winley. Uh, I am Ian Hest. Austin will join us next week and uh, you can always follow us at the Heron Outlet on Twitter and Instagram and we will see you this time next week.